Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the AE Podcast. If you'd like to support the show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash AE Podcast, where you'll find an absolute shit ton of quality content. We've got Smackdown Crawl, loads of Q&A episodes, including ones done by Adam and I. You also have Adam's book reports. Most recently covered is The Hardcore Truth by Bob Holly, which personally, from a listener's perspective, I find absolutely fascinating. And Kevin and Adam have started releasing video content over there for wrestling video games. There's Photoslam and WWF Betrayal Brother, which I heartily recommend if you'd like to see a game crush the souls of those boys. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Stuff. Things. New episode. to the Attitude Era podcast, Tough Enough, Volume 2, Episode 4 to 6. However, once again, my name is Cowboy Kevin Mann, and if you're a podcast about wrestling, you're going to back up. Join us out, always, by my cohorts, comrades, and colleagues. First of all, to my left, if you're a big cup of coffee, you're going to back up. It's Adam Bibolo. That's pretty fitting, actually. I've got a bad habit of like holding cups of coffee underwater like, <laughs> against their will and wasting it all. It's okay, I'll do it. <laughs> Looking forward to talking more about Tough Enough. Oh yes, I'm so happy that people wanted us to do this enough to warrant it, because this is a good watch. This is legitimately back by popular demand, we should say, yeah. because we had not necessarily planned on doing it, but the response was such, and memes were born of Triple H saying, <laughs> it's good, it's good, good content. Uh, so that's you know that that's obviously a reason in its own to continue doing this. And to my left, if you're a dodecahedron, you're going to back up. Billy Keeble, <laughs> the baddest man on the planet. How are you doing, Billster? I'm doing well. Yeah, looking fly, looking sharp, olive pants on you. Oh, you know it. <laughs> are you looking forward to talking more about Tough Enough? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's, it's, as... Straight off the bat, it's not as good as the last three. Oh, I really? Is, I don't think these three episodes are as good as the first three. I think there are highs, there are lows, there are creamy middles. And what is definitely apparent about Tough Enough when we get to episode four is that a lot of people involved, be it the producers, the trainers, or the actual contestants, haven't really thought this through very much so yeah we're starting off with episode four the billionaire princess so i was gonna say right now it's a bit shit because she's not the billionaire princess nope she's the billion dollar absolute princess yeah. so she's not a billionaire <laughs> <laughs> she, sorry she, sim- she simply is not so wait you saying that stephanie's allowed to claim the title of a billion dollar princess yes. but not to be a billionaire princess anyone can say that they're worth a billion dollars like you know that's open to interpretation you can but... lock a billion dollars yeah i could say billy you are a billion dollar podcaster a billion dollars yeah literally. i could say billy you are a billionaire like that's a lie and that's not fair though, because like Billy sounds good as a Billy billionaire. I like, know. That's yeah. that's on your bucket list as well, right? I'm uh, I'm rich in spirit, so <laughs> <laughs> playing billiards with old Billy billionaire Dan and Billigannon. So we had a little bit of a recap. We started with thirteen. We're down to like nine now, I yeah. think. <laughs> Jason is gone officially. Yes. Jason the hunk packed it all up. Why do they seem so keen? Just to to, to touch on Jason before we leave. Why were they so keen to get him up and pack him out? It seemed like they wanted to make an example out of that poor boy. Mm-hmm. Mm. I was he the one that put up the Goldberg poster? Yes. You know, like that's it. You know, it's WWF. Oh man, I it's, don't know. People have been fired for less. It's because it's it's a big work. They're gonna have him do a run in 
on Maven in the final episode. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> Are you saying it's going to be the quarter of a billion dollar diva search all over again? Yeah. Pretty much, we're going to book this. So, everyone looks miserable and they hate this stupid fucking house. Mm-hmm. No one wants to be a wrestler. It's a fucking shit business. <laughs> Tough enough. <laughs> everyone is there like literally sitting around like... Fuck this, mate. Like, yeah, yeah. They're sore. Mm-hmm. Notice everyone was like doing pills. Like, <laughs> yeah. Painkillers left, right and centre. Like, And you're not even on the road. You're in one place. Yeah. Yep. This one house and they're already developing painkiller addictions. It's never going to be as easy as this ever again. Like, I I just think they should all respect the Hanks a little bit more personally. Because I felt that their their Debbie Downer attitudes were not respectful of the house and this this historic building. No one said word one about the Underground Railroad at any point, you know. I thought we should have had at least a couple of lessons about it along the way. I thought that's how Jason left. (laughs) 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 Goldberg was just there. Come on, let's go. Go, 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 go. With a lantern. (laughs) Where are we going? Atlanta, Georgia. (laughs) Big John comes in his Hummer. And it's time to do a little bit of one-on-one time. Uh, he's going to have a little chat with someone in the Hummer. It's kind of like in Queer Eye, when the black dude takes people in. and like He's like, why are you racist? And everyone starts crying, and then they're no longer racist. <laughs> For someone that's not got around to watching it yet, I'm really compelled to see it now. Literally, put everyone in the back of a car with Camaro who's got any sort of a fucking problem. Sort him out. If you got any more problems, round the block two more times. You'll grant. It's, it's like a real life version of I'll be the racist dragon from Flight of the Concords. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else hate Big John Gaborik? I don't hate him. He seems like a bit of a turd, but I don't hate him. He seems so fucking like loves that he gets to play wrestler boss. Yeah. Yes, he does, yeah. You know, he's so fucking like he's there like with Victoria in the car, I think it is, who's also having doubts, you know, mm-hmm. like everyone who's not called Chris Nowinski. She's in the car with him and he's really like giving her this talk like, oh, you know, it's a hard business, but you know, if it's in your heart, you got to stick it out and all this shit. Like, why does she get this fucking kid glove treatment? It's because she can't bump for shit. It's yeah. B- it's because she's having the most trouble in ring, I think. So he's trying to lift her spirits a little bit, I guess. The way I read it was that, like, yeah, for some reason they were kind of pushing Jason and then he actually did leave. And now they're looking at other people like Victoria who are kind of lacking confidence and he's almost like, we've got to make sure she can't leave now, otherwise the TV show is going to be fucked. Like, we can't keep losing people left and right. This is your hard reset, conspicuous by his absence here this week, Taz. Yeah, seriously, can't bully anyone away this time. Like, Unky Taz is literally kicking everyone out of this fucking party. It's ridiculous, like... So yeah, he's there, and he kind of goes, what do you think, what are your thoughts? And she goes, "Uh, yeah, well, this kind of thing is, is that uh, I've thought about it, and I don't think I want to be a wrestler. (laughs) There's no point continuing after no. you said that. Yeah, Pull the car over. Pull the car over, kick her out, sort yourself out. Big John, the Hummer takes up a lot of fucking diesel. Would you not just stop driving? There's no point. There's nothing to be gained. Go home, everyone. They're trying really hard to, to keep her, I guess. Yeah. At tracks, Al Snow says that they are going to cut someone, mm-hmm. which I think is like pretty dodgy, like considering, you know, how many episodes are they going to get out of this if they're going to start eliminating everyone one a week now? Yeah, one a week and people dropping out as well because they're being pushed too far. Like, Ooh, They're towing the line throughout this now where half of it is like, you know, ain't going to get any easier, guys. If you want to, there's the door. It's nothing but competition. But hey, come on, think about it though, yeah? yeah. You know, if, if it's in here, I'm pointing at my heart. If it's in here, then, <laughs> then, then you can be a wrestler. Fucking bollocks. He explains that they're going to start doing bumps with Al 
every session now mm-hmm. unlike before where they were just learning how to do them he says they're now doing bumps every session to condition them to taking bumps because basically it's almost like playing guitar i've heard it compared to where you have to start your fingers like ah can't stretch them like. yeah and then it's after a while you kind of get used it's still sore i mean you play guitar adam is it still like sore or whatever yeah once you've been playing it regularly for a long time you'll build up calluses and like you'll find it easier to stretch but then if you go for a while without doing it it's fucking painful as fuck again like I mean, I'll tell you right now, watching this, wrestling fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really make for a compelling story of, like, the journey of becoming a wrestler when every episode boils down to, they're going to take bumps, and they're going to go home and get hurt and, like, rest up. Then the next day, they're going to take more bumps. Yeah, yeah, at least ZZ went to a um, alligator <laughs> That That, like, yeah, as trashy as The Last Tough Enough was, that is more entertaining TV, because there's variety, at least. Like, like episode four, and it's already, like, the fucking, the, the, the last day of winter. Like, yeah. everyone's yeah. fucking, like, in hoodies, like, and Al's like, you're going to get conditioned to being hurt more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've always wondered this, because have you ever had this where if someone finds out you're a wrestling fan, therefore they assume you wanted to be a wrestler when you grow up? Yep. And did you guys ever want to be wrestling when you grew up? Nope. Didn't no, cross my mind. No. No, never me neither. No. I wonder if it's literally this show. Because I watched it as a kid. <laughs> yeah, wrestling. And like between this show and Foley's book, it got into my head very quickly that wrestling was very sore and not a lot of fun in that mm, sense. Very sad business. Yeah, Jesus. And of course, as well, how do you get over all them horrible back bumps over and over again? Be like Victoria and mix it up. Land on your head and neck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> What the fuck is she doing? Yeah, it's ugly. It's really hard to watch. I don't think this show would get made. Like, if if that was happening in the performance center mm-hmm. and the cameras are going and Triple H is watching live, you'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Someone fucking help them. If you carry on, you'll be doing a good snap. Good snap of that neck. Wait! Lads, lads, lads. <laughs> Injuries. That's funny, isn't it? Like, hey, 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 really hey. sore. Never wrestle again. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> broke his leg. Al <laughs> calmly explains to Josh to stop coming down on him on the bump for the side headlock takeover. I love this because Al the whole time is in a headlock. It's this little handy little Al Snowhead going, Hi, guys. But just so you know, if you ever come down on me again doing a side headlock, I'll bite your fucking nipples off. <laughs> yeah. Are we good? Just like, like, yeah. Really aggressive here. Yeah, Snow I buy is. it. Like, I, I don't want Al Snow to bite my nipples. No, each to their own. I bet some people like that idea, you know. Tell you what, Daryl likes the idea of <laughs> not washing. Yeah. <laughs> I remember this because my brother and his friends became mad obsessed with Daryl and his smelly trousers, <laughs> right? And I thought... That's a great kid's is book, it, isn't it? it? <laughs> it's, 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 it's the follow-up song to the song by Madness as well. <laughs> I really thought, you know, there's, this happens oftentimes with wrestling, I find, where it's something that I find out and, I, and it's funny and I enjoyed it and had a laugh at with my friends like years and years ago. It's like, oh, it has to be exaggerated. Mm-hmm. There's no way Daryl literally has, like, smelly trousers. And Al Snow was like, Daryl, come here. I need to talk to you. And it's like the kind of oh, serious one-on-one time with Coach. Mm-hmm. And he's like... Um, your trousers are really smelly, man. They're like, they're really fucking stinky. When did you last change them? Because they're like, I can't work with you. <laughs> they're so, and Daryl's like, oh, I changed them like two days ago. And he's like, how are your shorts? Yeah, my shorts are okay. He goes, right, go put those on. And it's like, Daryl, you know your shorts are not okay. No, they can't be. <sighs> I mean, what's he doing in trousers that they get that smelly after two days? Like... Trousers can go a fair while. They can take a beating before they start to get a bit whiffy. He's like. a grown man, though. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I from when I taught and when I was in school, I have memories a lot of 
the kid who didn't wash. Mm. And like, I'm sure there was kids in your school who was like, there was here's one or two kids. The smelly he, kid. Yeah, they yeah. just didn't didn't wash for whatever reason. You know, that was me briefly when I was 12. I hated like I like showering and stuff. It was like something that was just ugh, I hated doing it. Mm. And I was like a smelly kid as a result. And I had to have a little chat with like a teacher who's like with Al Snow. Yeah, Al Snow <laughs> was like you know, but like. Very similar to this sh- chat here where Al Snow says, you got to wash, man. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's part of the wrestling training. <laughs> I was 12, right? <laughs> He's 25. And a former fucking college athlete as yeah. well. Do you, do you think there's a possibility that he's just like read all those stories about Owen Hart and he's just been filling his trousers full of sardines? <laughs> this is how they do it in yeah. the business. Yeah. <laughs> Ribbing himself, like. <laughs> getting ahead of the game, like. Vader apparently had very smelly trousers as well I can imagine that fierce tangy were the the trousers of Leon Vader White I've heard that's like I bet that's quite an aggressive smell as well like almost you'd be scared to even say anything about it like it's been punched in the face like you know it's a smell that makes a noise (laughs) (laughs) here's something which is sent to Daryl but it probably was thought a lot of Vader in like the early 90s but this is an actual quote about Daryl yeah I won't wrestle him he stinks and he's dangerous what a combination Seriously. that's a short list where it's got Vader and Wario on it like that's not good company that's a keep. gimmick to be honest if you're a good wrestler he stinks and he's dangerous like I'm gonna get you what bastion booger like, <laughs> pretty much coming yeah. out like and then after he gets told off for it Daryl literally walks off sulking like a little boy and Al has to shout at him for that as well oh like, yeah like, pretty much like put your face straight come on I don't want to see that, like... Talking under your breath. Yeah, talking under his breath. It's really sad. Like, I don't know why he's acting this way. You see Daryl as well, like, they cut to him when he's, like, getting into bed and he's talking to himself, like... Yeah! talking to God, like, you know. Uh, He's he's there and he's like, I'm going to win. And he knows cameras are there. And he, like, he has to know how bad he's coming off. The lack of self-fucking... Awareness. Awareness, yeah, it's Mm. shocking. At the WBF training centre, everyone's knees are grazed and marked. Fucking hell. Yeah. Victoria already seems like she's got a painkiller addiction. She's like, yeah, I take one this morning. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you can, like, fucking seriously, it feels like Raven's going to come over like, yo, you can take two of the small yellow ones, you can take three of the white ones. Like, she's fucking hardcore it's, it's, now. Like, she's turning into Bobby Joe. Oh. It's really weird. Like, before her eyes, we're getting yeah. two Bobby Joes. She has, Victoria's gotten shorter, it feels like. I think she's yeah. landed on her head so many times. Jesus. She's taken a few centimetres off there, like, like, her and Bobby Joe are now in cahoots, and they are like, you know, when they had a look at each other when Triple H was there. Yep. That look has just basically evolved now into a whole thing between those two of them, like kind of telling each other, "We're not going to be wrestlers." Yeah. It's, okay. yeah. it's like I'll jump if you jump, kind of thing. <laughs> like. like Thelma and Louise, if instead they're like, "Are you ready? Yes, let's get out of the car and go home and never do this again." <laughs> but they set Paulina off as well. Yeah. yeah. Like, Paulina's okay. Mm-hmm. She's doing fine, but their doubts really puts Paulina off and makes her have doubts. Yeah. Because Paulina nice. seems to like slip into their role basically. Because Paulina yeah. was. As far as I remembered, her gimmick seemed to be she took the bumps. She could take the bumps, but she was having a lot of difficulty actually, like with the pain. Like she was really yeah. hurting yeah. from taking the bumps. She wasn't conditioning. Whereas Victoria was just bumping her head. Yeah, consistently. So Victoria and Bobby go to have a little chat with Big John. Mm. 
and you know his chat in the car must have worked really well great, great pep talk from big John Gaborak like yeah hey a lot of people said I wouldn't amount to much but uh, look at me now huh <laughs> me and see that guy over there Josh Matthews we'll run TNA one day ah oh, jeez <laughs> fucking hell so yeah we don't want to be wrestlers basically Victoria says yeah I'm not giving 100% so mm. like, I'm not trying I can't help but think of that poor Australian girl from episode one yeah who he should have been there yeah should have been her what she sold again to get here? A car. Oh Jesus fucking Christ! Oh, it was a camper as well, wasn't it? Like something. Yeah, it was a VW. Like or something. Oh, she couldn't afford to get the fucking travel back to Australia. Like she was just dumped in fucking Times Square. Well, good thing they invested in Bobby Joe. I yeah. bet Bobby Joe's brother is going to be annoyed that his sister is not going to be a wrestler that he can masturbate to. But she oh. loves having big breasts. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. <laughs> hey, Big John. I love having you know you you love being big John. I love having big breasts. Let's call it a day. I don't want to be a big wrestler, a medium wrestler, or any signs of wrestler. Like I hope Triple H is pleased with himself. Like you know that speech did a, a nice. It was a fine speech. If you <laughs> yeah, will, like. just the hotline. Yeah, yeah. it did what it was intended to do. Back at the house, Ninia points out their top three faves have all been dropped. Yeah, the three people who were kind of like you know at the start, Kevin Dunn's boys, like other than Maven, it was pretty much gone by the wayside mm-hmm. now. Daryl chats with God. Yeah. Chats is a funny word. It's a bit of horseplay with God, isn't it? Like, it's kind of what you imagine Vince McMahon being like in real life, just walking around like, oh, I'll show you son of bitches. <laughs> uh, have either of you ever chatted like with God like that? Like, you know, where it's like one-on-one, like, what up, what up, Jay? Like, you know, you ever, you ever had some one-on-one time with the, with the big man? No, n- never, never been religious, but if you get me anywhere where I'm walking... And I haven't got a pair of headphones. I will openly talk to myself. Really? Because I cannot Full be volume. Le- yeah, I cannot be left alone with my own thoughts. So what were you? Just oh having? Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> bleak. No, 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 not like that. Not, not like uh, I'm not going to kill them all. I'm not like doing that. <laughs> what, it's just what I will just talk, talk about. Fucking nothing. Like <laughs> I will just, I will just openly just talk. Well, like commentating what you're doing or narrating yourself. Or... Did you ring up Christian? I'm driving past an Arby's. <laughs> it's kind of like that, but I'm not talking to anybody. Like yeah. I can, uh, if I, I don't, if I don't have constant like something going on in my interaction, ears, interaction, yeah. or something, I, I'm a fucking useless. Like when I was like between ages like nine and thirteen, I like when I was still technically, you know, a Christian. I'll have a little bit of one-on-one time with God. I, like when I look, look back at it now, it was basically I would get anxious and then ask God to fix my problems. Yeah. <laughs> and if the problems went away, I didn't thank Him. I just like, all right. Oh, that's good that it went away. But if new ones popped up, like I remember once asking, I remember once uh, talking to God in tears because my mum wouldn't let me go to uh, Liffey Valley Shopping Centre for the Nintendo Power event to get Mew for Pokemon Blue. That is mean. That I is know. very mean of your mum. And like, then God literally did nothing. And I never got Mew. So, and I'm not, I'm an atheist now. So. <laughs> you got me, God. You got me. Huh? You got me. You fucking phone. <laughs> <laughs> Maven and Josh have a little horse play. <laughs> uh, a couple of lads. It's, it's like, it's like the typical mum thing is that, uh, you're going on like this eventually someone's going to get hurt yeah and the thing that gets hurt here is the fucking house yeah respect the house did, did Big John not specifically forbid the house being set on fire <laughs> yeah I'm, that should go without saying anyway house like... rules one do a rota for the tidying up two do not set fire to the house <laughs> three do not drown the house four wash as well Daryl I'm looking at you like... <laughs> your trousers Daryl and the house no don't set fire to your trousers Daryl <laughs> that'll just make the smell worse so what happened to cause a fire it was very like whoa boom 
Yeah. So, so, Inferno. I, so whilst Josh and Maven are messing around, I think it's Nydia. Yeah. She has a candle on a bedside table, and because they're messing around, she moves the, the candle off the table. Oh, so she was trying to be looking safe, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, she moves it onto the floor and drops... So a bed sheet in it, and then Chris came along and like held her head into the fire. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll, I'll do it. I'll get third degree. Yeah! <laughs> if you're a healthy body woman, you want back up. <laughs> Basic no, fire safety though. No candles in beds. Yeah, like. right. But Billy, in first year of uni, you, did you live in halls? <laughs> did you set fire to our head? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't live in halls. I lived in that shitty little. Oh, you did. Right. Well, when I lived in official like campus halls and on the very first day of moving in we have the big induction in like the student hall in the engine shed and we go in there and there's the, the fire marshal has got everyone sat on the floor like 300 400 people or whatever and he goes on the stage and he's like right basic fire safety he runs down the drills the alarms the usual stuff and then he goes one other thing raise a hand and says show of hands here how many of you got candles and like a couple of people put their hands up and he's like no 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 come on I know you've got them. And like, he's just like standing there with his hands on his hips. Like, I know you've got them. Candles, you know, this candles are the number one cause of fires in the bedroom. What? Really? Like, well, this is what he was saying. I don't know if it's true or not. I, didn't I thought he was really passionate love making. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I the sparks flying from yeah. the romance. That's what I've heard. Yeah, it should be a contraband in the Tough Enough house. I'm amazed they're even allowed to have candles. I just love the idea of like, you know, fucking Kevin Dunn ringing up. Vince McMahon. I'm like, ah, oh, Vince, we got a little bit of an update. How's it going? It's week four there. Well, we've lost four guys. Okay, how about the rest? Well, two of them are going to quit. Yeah. And uh, they set the house on fire. Okay, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen less accident-prone sins than these people. <laughs> like, seriously, fucking hell. One of the fucking geniuses as well, as the towering inferno is building, is like, whoa, don't throw water on it, man. That's grease fires. Yeah, not candles. <laughs> you know, or, you know, just fire that you're seeing right there. Come on, guys, get it together. This is a, it's a subject close to our hearts because we've got, like, you know, somebody who's had candle troubles yeah. in, our, in, our, in our immediate circle. I mean, we, we've already mentioned, that you previously mentioned the slacks in a previous episode, so you might as well go and tell the candle story. Well, yeah, it's literally, I, I, you know, it's not even that big a story, but you had a candle, you left yeah. it running for a few hours, so all the wax had turned liquid. Yeah. And then I remember you saying to me, oh, this would make a pretty nice tumbler for like, you know, spirits or something like that. And so you decided, I won't wait until it's finished. I'll just get rid of this wax now. Like, what? Because you want the tumbler? No! Right, right, right. I'm thirsty now. It's either that or clean a glass, guys. <laughs> so where, where did you dispose of the wax, Billy? Uh, I pulled it down the toilet. Why? Why? And of course, it instantly goes solid. And it's just a red block. In the bottom of your lip. It was look it honestly looked like I was shitting baby bells. <laughs> I will say one thing though, Billy. Your toilet smelled fucking amazing. It did for the remainder of the year. You couldn't use the toilet, but it smelled amazing in there. Daryl comes out after the fire's already over and, and he's actually upset. It's like the following morning, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, he's what? sulking because he missed out on the fire. Why did nobody tell me? Like? <laughs> you should have woke Daryl up for the fire. Daryl, like. there's a fire. Oh, good, 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 good. <laughs> I slept through a fire alarm once. That's worrying. <laughs> good sleep, like. <laughs> Fucking yeah. Good right. dreams, mate. I think if I'm, I'm not on fire, I don't smell of smoke. I'm sleeping, like, you know. Meanwhile, at tracks. Al says there's going to be no cut as there's still eight more episodes to go. Like, <laughs> it's like when Lord Sugar's like, oh, yep. a, a triple firing. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, what? Too many episodes left in the pipeline, Alan, is it? 
Taz comes to the, uh, share some uh, some words of wisdom, conspicuous by his absence most of the episode. Mm. Now that we're not uh, getting rid of anyone else, we can just have Taz come out for a second. Whoa. Casual Taz as well. Casual Taz, casually burying everyone. Yo, call it what it is, they quit, they're nothing but quitters. You guys, you's all gotta support each other. But you in competition with each other. But you gotta support each other. But watch your back! Watch your back! It's encouraging to know that as soon as you leave, Taz is going to badmouth you to all the other contestants. Yeah. Like. Say it to fucking Bobby Joe's face, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Paulina is well now having second thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Sad. Because if you see, like, honestly, if I was in there and I saw Jason Quish, I don't think there's anyone there who I would, who would, other than maybe Chris and maybe Josh, who you could suddenly not have thoughts about kind of going, fuck it, it's not for me then, is yeah. it? Because mm. everyone else is kind of like, I'm not really sure about this wrestling thing, kind of dipping the toe in the water, and it seems horrible. And if I was there, and the big guy with the shaved head that actually looks like a professional wrestler decides to throw in the towel, that's probably going to get me going, well, if he can't fucking cut it, then what chance have I got? Like, And anytime Paulina is like having her doubts and thoughts, it's like, hey, 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 whoa, 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 shh, shh. It's going to get so much harder. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so don't, I'm not just, just, Save your tears for when they'll matter. Yeah? Jeez. Because you could be on the road someday feeling 10 times worse than this and 100 times more miserable. And where will your tears be then? They'll be all gone and wasted. So just. You'll have none left. Just. They'll be, you'll be dry. So, oh. Paulina, just shut up. All right? <laughs> don't bother. All right? Don't bother. Like, your, your arc is peaking too quickly. Like, you know, you don't want this to be it. Al's gonna do something that I've always wanted to see in person. It's just a, a rolling around smothering kind of yeah. thing. It's yeah. like, it's gonna hold you down, be on top in a wrestling grappling position. Al can fucking wrestle, man. Yeah. No one succeeds apart from Greg. Really, up. yeah. And Greg does it more or less straight away. He's yeah. just like, fuck you, Alan, just stands up. And in fairness, Al was, at that point, had done it to <laughs> yeah. everyone. He was spent. Like... You see little zips of it here and there where Al is just like, Oh, like yeah. he's fucking exhausted. Can you yeah. imagine? Because Tori is there now and then. Jackie doesn't seem to appear all that often, and Taz is barely in the ring with them. Mm-hmm. Al is there every fucking yeah. day, and he's drilling drills with every one of them. There's people on the side at all times. Al is always working mm-hmm. and working TV. Yes, oh, wrestling too. God, yeah, fucking tag with Steve Blackman and doing this shit at the same mm, time. Like stressful life, mate. <laughs> Stephanie McMahon arrives in a limo. Whoa! What's gonna happen, guys? When the billionaire princess <laughs> ow, makes her presence known. So Trish was meant to be here, but she she's not here. So Steph is taking them out instead. They literally bring that up. Yeah, they talk about it. Exclusive footage is so. Don't like. Don't watch the exclusive footage. If no. You see it. All it does is ruin the normal footage. Yeah. yeah. And it's also really quiet. Really quiet. So you have to you have to turn it up and then turn it back down yeah. again once it finishes. And WWE elected not to include captions for tough enough because they were like, "Who the fuck is going to want that?" Yep. But it's literally like one of them says, "Like, so is Trish gonna?" And Steph's, "Oh, she she couldn't make it." Just leave that out. Like that's so bad. <laughs> I'm out when Steph is like on her phone going, "Yeah, no, Trish can't be here." And so are you taking a say? Yeah, yeah, just one more little. Phone call, one second. <laughs> she is just a busy lady who's yeah. not really got time to take them out for lunch. And they try to make it a kind of 
like a bit of banter. Yeah, yeah. girls' day out, having a great lunch. You're having a great, fast, quick lunch. Yeah. <laughs> where I'm not going to eat anything. You guys just have something quick, and I will just be back to the office. Hey, guys, how's it going? <laughs> so she puts over how everyone's friends on the roster yeah. now. Mm. 2001, do you reckon that's true? Nope. I imagine there's probably more people being friendly with each other than there was before but it's not like everyone's friends like, like these days i imagine there's probably a big majority of people get on well and yeah. mates with each other like, switch in the back exactly <laughs> like yeah legit but back in 2001 now i reckon a lot of people kept themselves to themselves i'm pretty sure any women's locker room compared to the one that was sunny sable and terry yeah will probably seem like fucking you know second day peace on earth by like. contrast like oh so she's at lunch with everyone and Nydia calls her amazing. And then Pauline says that she is a cool chick. And Taylor says that she is someone I want to hang out with. And I'm like, now. Yeah, you li- just make the most of it then. Yeah. But she's like, she's really cool. You know, that's the important takeaway from here. Like this little lunch where they're making small chat. Stephanie comes off really well, apparently. Yeah, it's really aspirational as well. Like, you know, keep working hard. One day, maybe you could be the boss's daughter, you know? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cut back to the house where Daryl is there, assumedly smelling out the joint <laughs> yeah. and talking about being a big fucking star. It's like literally like he's being a, a comedy heel. Yeah. yeah. He's like, man, going back home. Everyone's asking for my autograph. It's like, whoa, you're so successful. Mm. Like, oh, it's so annoying. Yeah. Right? Like, why is Daryl here? He almost feels like a plant, doesn't he? He almost feels like MTV yeah. put him in there to spice it up. Like, like a if, real dunderhead. If it was a modern reality show, like I would absolutely think that's the case because that's not unheard of these days. Yeah, yeah. And he'd be like the fourth to last person to be. Yeah, bit, they'd like, keep him there that. till the end. But back then, when it, in like the early days of MTV reality shows, I think he is a real person. I think he is a real person. And yeah. it's just very bizarre. Like. Oh, and when we reach the end of this uh, this saga of Tough Enough, we're going to be doing all of Tough Enough now as kind of alternate bonus episodes until the end of season three. We will do a big catch-up with everyone, and we will yes. leave no stone unturned. Every single person we will ca- try and catch up as much as humanly possible. Awesome. So, Daryl, a little bit of a man about town, Daryl. You know, he's been around the block. He can sense when there's a little bit of tension in the room, if not trouser odour. So he decides to come over to Chris and goes, hey, I think, man, that maybe something's not up. Is there a bit of tension here? And Chris straight was like, oh, yeah, there is, actually, yeah. (laughs) I I love it. (laughs) You smell, you're dangerous, (laughs) you're an egotistical peacock and son of a bitch. And then, like, it's funny because it starts off with him and Chris, and, like, two seconds later, Mabe was there going, oh, and as well, uh, (laughs) you're really loud and you don't get on with anyone and you talk over everybody. And it's just, yeah, everyone's taking a chance to let Daryl know that irrespective of how his trousers smell, his personality smells. Yeah. yeah. He's got a tangy soul, like, you uh. know. Maven's grown a goatee. <laughs> oh, bless him. It's starting to look like Craig David, isn't he? <laughs> and then Daryl, he's like, right, okay, thanks for your feedback, guys. I welcome it. It's constructive. And he turns, he goes, it's all right. Uh, I've taken things on board here. I won't talk about the great things I've done as much. Hmm. I don't think this is possibly the end of our tale with Daryl here. Pity. Meanwhile, at Trax, Al Snow's got a match. So they're all going to Smackdown Live. Front row, baby. He's basically a geography teacher running a field trip here. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's so stressed out with like, now these are all my colleagues. We've got to be very professional. No talking to each other. No making funny faces. Make sure you've got clean trousers on, Daryl. Like... Just spit it out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Chris forgets his lunch, like, you know, of course. Mr. Like, Snow. <laughs> don't look rock in the eyes. Stop it. He gets freaked out. Because he can't have human contact. <laughs> he will pull your tongue out. <laughs> like Shadrick has been left on his own with Steve Austin. What are you doing? I'm so sorry, Jeffrey. <laughs> I was just telling him about the inside of my mouth. <laughs> And what I love about this is that it literally seems like a, like everyone is legit fucking psyched. And yeah. like, I love how everyone is like so into this because I think it's been a rough fucking week for them. And this is the first little bit of, hey, wrestling fun. Yeah, yeah. I got to go to a show. And 2001, SmackDown, right time, WrestleMania 17. Yeah, fucking please. Yep. They show clips of it and it's like Austin versus Angle and Undertaker versus fucking Triple H. And it's all these great bits. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue because they've got five minutes to fill up they just put in clips of raw yeah it's like it keeps cutting back to the tough enough guys in the crowd like it's meant to be all the same night but the ropes are changing colors austin's got like three different outfits on road like, dog is inexplicably there's a like, come on lads he's not been around for fucking years that's a packed episode of smackdown <laughs> that is, mate. paulina says yeah that's why i want to be a wrestler can you say it again, please, Paulie? This time, like, you actually mean it. I'm sorry, that's as much as I can mean it. Oh, everything else hurts too bad. Oh. It hurts to be sincere. So that is the end of uh, episode four. Ooh, pretty dark episode. Yeah, it really feels like this was a bit of uh, one where they had to kind of come up with some stuff on the fly. Just take him to SmackDown. Yeah. Don't eliminate anyone. Just go on a trip instead. Show them clips of Raw from 2000. <laughs> like. Episode five, and the title of this really fucking like made me go yeah man <laughs> like I was gonna do one ep at a time I don't know did you guys binge this or watch it one at a time I, been, I watched it all, all in one go it's very bingeable yeah. tough enough like I could watch it's it like all it's like 22 to 26 minutes long mm. each episode so it's alright I like jam packed week like so I was kind of oh, I only watched one episode here and I watched the other one a bit at a time and then I saw that title Dinner with Mr. Patterson <laughs> and like straight away I was thinking about Legends House when yep. Tony Atlas made like I don't know fucking hog eyes or whatever it was he made me like <laughs> You know, and, and anytime people have to make dinner for someone, it's always a good time. Truth time. Any of the background or production music they use in Tough Enough, I would gladly take as entrance music in wrestling. Really now? Oh, it's dirty fucking. <laughs> I fucking create a wrestler on a PS2 game set to that music. Yeah, baby. I will say I don't. I can't remember if we talked about this last time or not, but the actual theme tune for Tough Enough. <laughs> sucks i missed the, the maven one the good one like. that's good shit. that one you mean <laughs> that's the one that's the one yeah if you've not become a backer on patreon please do just so you can hear adam and i sing that song like jerry lawler on one of our let's play videos you wouldn't want to hear that kevin what? most people <laughs> At tracks, Paulina has had a good long think and she's going to lay it out for you. I figured it out, guys. I'm not 100%, so I'm not giving 100%. Oh. I don't feel good, so therefore I don't want to do good. And therefore I'm not sure if I want to be a wrestler. <laughs> yeah, is that how it works? Look, you have to do it for at least another episode, Paulina, right? Like, Please. <laughs> contractually, we're actually, we're, we're, you know what this probably is? There's probably some loophole in the contract where it's like, we will stop you from leaving. Yeah. If it's going to hurt the run of the series. And obviously, Bobby Joe and fucking Victoria got in too early. Because Paulina, if she had come up early and said, I want to quit, she'd be gone. Yep. Yeah. 
Dawinsky says Daryl has learned the least out of everyone. I would agree, yeah. Snow says he's terrible, and then it immediately cuts to Daryl in like a little booth and just says, Yeah, I think I'm doing really well. <sighs> I think I'm doing really well, guys. And not just that, he says he's going to win. Yeah. Yeah, he's mine he, to lose. He, he's got no self awareness no. whatsoever. I think Al, I used to think he was really like a bit too to the point, but when I think about it, it's like, it's just fucking his wrestling training. Like, you can't be anything, but that was terrible. Yeah. Yep. Stop. I mean,. I mean, it's nothing compared to the likes of like what people like Vern Garnier would put through people. Of course, oh yeah, yeah. through like he's a saint out, out. by comparison. Yeah, yeah like, like actually, his directness is actually quite um, helpful. Helpful, and him yeah. telling people to stop is actually really good. It seems like he's being really harsh, but I'm pretty sure back in the day, if you were training for the AWA and you were fucking taking bumps on your neck, they would have been like, "Fine, keep doing that and do it wrong, mm. and you'll fucking break your neck, and that'll teach you and keep the business safe." Plus, also, Al, you know, like, he's been thrown into this situation where it's like, yeah, you've got to train all these random people that haven't got a lick of experience. And also, you're kind of a presenter for this show. You're almost like the host of it, so make sure you be funny as well. Like, If he had someone there break their neck on the show, it would have rubbed off on him. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He wouldn't be able to get rid of that smear. So like, I'm not surprised that he's, like, even impatient. I don't blame him for being so direct and blunt. Al introduces the fact that they're going to be cooking for Pat Patterson later on tonight. It's basically whoever's left in the office now, like, you know, he's be coming out next week. Mr. Dunn makes his appearance. <laughs> oh, like. God. So they're going to cook for Pat Patterson. Got a $100 budget for us. What would you guys cook for Pat Patterson? Personally, I would make him bananas split. <laughs> or egg benedict. <laughs> <laughs> I'd make him poutines, I think. Poutines? Yeah, I'd yeah. go with that. Well, me asking me about cooking now. Beans on morning. toast. Bean, <laughs> bean on toast. Bean on Billy toast. has two options. It's beans on toast or toast under beans. <laughs> <laughs> Chris covers this overspend that they come up with. They spent $180. I was really annoyed that they don't tell us like what they cooked. I didn't get to see any of the wackiness of well, the we preparation. We got to see some spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah, and like a bowl of salad as well. How did that cost $180? And also, yeah, he's gone $80 over budget and it never gets brought up in the boardroom later on. Like, I really thought that Nick would have torn him a new one over that. Uh, yeah no mention of it or patterson just like i appreciate you've made me dinner but you went over the budget <laughs> when you're a wrestler you're on a tight budget exactly <laughs> yeah. turn it into a yeah, lesson life like. lesson i was really hoping that this was what it would be is that life lessons and he ain't giving them fucking shit nope the dinner looks shit so maybe that's why pat patterson's like no nah, i'm just gonna make small talk like stephanie did as opposed to tell them anything because he is probably, if there's one person in this world who I'd love just to actually hear them talk about wrestling psychology and stuff, it would be like Pat Patterson. Because mm. it's never like, you know, you obviously would, the obvious one's like, oh, Jake Roberts or Scott Hall or like, you know, big names you obviously think of. But we think about how long a position of trust and power Patterson was there for. Mm-hmm. He is constantly cited as being the brains of wrestling. And oh, man. He don't give them shit because nope. they're, they don't, they're not interested. No, of course they're not. Josh maybe would be a bit interested, but no one else is going to care what he's got to say. He goes to them, so tell me, why do you want to be wrestlers? And Taylor's like, the perks, man. <laughs> the perks. The athleticism, the sport, just the, the whole damn thing. I get to be super mom. I get to be super dad, super <laughs> wife, and super husband. I need this power. They even actually enjoyed Triple H's speech. Like He's more encouraged as a result of it. Like Parson tells him the story, and it's this is true. He came to America, worked in Boston, $20 in his pocket, zero English. Came down, started setting up rings, working matches. 
That's a fucking hard way to get into the business right there. He should be hosting Wake Up Call, mate. Like, that's a real seven bucks in your pocket kind of story there. I really want Pat Patterson to host a mock funeral for me. Like, <laughs> this is your funerals. Like, I can't believe you've died. He tells some tall tales of mooning and sticking cigars up arses. Yeah. Yeah. Funny stuff. That's that's the knowledge right there. Well, yeah. he tells it, but you you have to again, like before, he's really like one time I was in the back of the car. Oh, it's exclusive footage. Yeah, yeah, it's all fucking mumbly, quiet shit. I thought he would just be like, "Look, I've done this for so long, and there has to be like three things I wish every wrestler knew. Mm-hmm. Just a basic impart some wisdom, a mindset, at least something for them to aim towards." Instead, he's like, "And you guys do karaoke?" Because I'm like mad into karaoke right now. And then he's like, you know who's good at karaoke? The Dudley Boys. And now you know no. he's just fucking ribbing well. Yeah, yeah, come on. He's like, me and the Dudley Boys are the rock. Yeah, we go do karaoke all the time. Yeah, what do they fucking sing? We've, We've had, had enough. enough. We've had enough uh, of the what you could have, the what you would have, the what you should have done. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone leaves the bar. He and said at one point he took a cab from Miami Airport 30 miles away to go to a karaoke bar. That's unhealthy. Like, I imagine him, like, sweating and trembling on his way there. Like, we nearly hit the karaoke's bar yet. Like, <laughs> needs to get his fix. He starts, like, sweating, like, are you okay, Mr. Patterson? I'm fine. I just, ah, I need karaoke! He's <laughs> <laughs> like, singing under the desk. What are you doing? Nothing! <laughs> it, he says he has one in his own house. He has a karaoke setup, but yeah. I'm pretty confident he lives alone as well. So it's just like it's just gonna be like Daniel Plainview with his bowling alley and his stuff. Oh god. <laughs> I'm finished now. <laughs> back down at tracks. That type of bump you like is coming back in style. You know, the one where you land on your neck. Shadrick looks at it like, you know, Pauline and is like, huh? Landing on my neck and head, huh? Let's give this a Well Oh god. Josh hip tosses Daryl, who lands right on his head. Yep. Now, this is where it's total fucking bollocks here. Because it's as much give and take. And if you're a big man, you have to... If you're taking their moves, the responsibility and the onus is on you to fucking hoof yourself over. Because yeah. Josh Matthews... He can't do it. No. no. And he was like... He lands right in his fucking head. Like, he's like, come on, Josh, throw me. And Josh's like... Yeah. And Daryl's like right in his head. He's like, man... You know, I'm 300 pounds. you got to give me a boost when you're giving me a fucking... No, he's not! Fuck you, man. I am so sick of his attitude. Even though so many wrestlers don't throw their backs out, fucking picking people up yeah. dead weight is because you're meant... It's a cooperative thing. You know, like wrestling. Like, it's, you know, it's fake, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this guy tried to fight me. Uh-uh. Like, yeah, I'm not going to let you hip toss me. Al says to him, right, you're coming out of the ring and I'm going to make you watch until I know you can do it safe mm-hmm. because you're going to hurt someone else and you're definitely going to hurt yourself. Literally like a misbehaving kid in PE class. I love this catchphrase here. Do it the way I want it done. That's pretty much it. Like, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do wrestling training. I know I couldn't. Absolutely not. Yeah. I have not got the stomach for that kind of like, this is how it's done. No exceptions. If you can't make your body work that way, you can't do it. Like. And you do it, you do it wrong. And now you're more tired, you're more sore, and you've also got the mental thing of like, I've done it wrong, now I have to do it right. It's like, fuck it. And you thought sex was difficult, folks. Like, you thought that was hard. This is the real fucking difficult shit. In the car, Daryl blames everyone but himself. (laughs) This is a joke. Ludicrous human being. Pantomime. When they learn roll-ups, you like pull on the tights, like, you know. (laughs) Ridiculous, like. Back at the house, Big John's pissed off. Oh. He's like, guys, you know, I told you that 
know, but the house is to be respected. You're meant to keep it clean. But hey, who wants to come out tonight? Huh? Come does, on. Does, yeah. <laughs> He, he, he mentions that it's a bit messy, not the fact that it got set on fire. Yeah. Yes. He literally does not bring up the fire. How are you guys doing? Well, actually, Shadrick is jumping on his head and Paulina wants to quit and Daryl is like, let's go out tonight. Come on, yay. Boys <laughs> night. And we go, Vince, I'm out with all the wrestlers. It's un- it's unbelievable. You wouldn't believe... Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm drinking. Yeah. A beer. Yeah. Oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it, like, you hear stories of, like, guys in the office wanting to be like what are the boys yes and big john like apparently what the thing i heard about him in tna was that he was kept around because people thought that he was like vince's right hand guy it was like a wrestling guy but apparently he was just some guy who was there for a while like he's important don't get me wrong yeah but he was never like a number two or like a confidant or like the guy of anything just some fucking office lads who gets to drive around to the big hummer and wear xfl sweatshirts that's a hell of a claim to fame so He's trying to do the whole hazing thing. He's like, oh, I got a cool game. And it's really fucking lame. Because it's, it's like, really they're lame. at this fucking bar and there's no one at the bar. You ever been at this fucking thing where it's like, and he brings only the guys out, doesn't he? Yes, yes. only the guys. Yeah, boys night. Well, awesome. In fairness, the girls had their Stephanie lunch while the boys stayed at home. So it's balanced. That's not the same. <laughs> do you want to go have fucking lunch with Stephanie McMahon, the head of creative and the executive vice president of fucking international affairs? Or... Do you want to fucking go and drink with Big John Gaborik, who's like, hey guys, yeah, and whoever doesn't drink the most has to call each other their bitch and do push-ups. He's literally preparing them to meet JBL. (laughs) He's doing them a service, believe me. (laughs) It was great because one time JBL took these two girls back to the apartment and he had sex with both of them. (laughs) (laughs) And then I, hey, can I put my thumb up someone's ass in the shower? (laughs) I can just imagine Big John like like, laughing and kind of, bullying, yeah. Like a Michael Cole kind of way, like by association. Fucking hate this guy so much. Look at me, I'm one of the boys I'm making everyone do push-ups and call each other bitch Taylor says that before Tough Enough she was miserable she had dropped out of college and had no goals in life so she really don't want to lose because she's in a rut and you know if she doesn't win this then she's in an even bigger rush if I'm being honest I, I before this scene I don't remember seeing her at any point in the competition barely like, been mentioned yeah like really non-memorable and then the first time you get an actual focus on her she's like I was miserable before this so you know everything's riding on it yeah. <laughs> gotta win you always knew I had this gun <laughs> she's like had the phone back up to mum and dad like and do you think you'll do the wrestling yeah I ain't going back to college. Ow! No. <laughs> I don't want me in Washington State. <laughs> oh. Maybe I can go and give motivational talks to people who fucked up their lives as well. Oh, Jesus. So that is not motivation to be a wrestler. No. A wrestler is not a finger in a dam. It is not a stopgap. It is not stopping something from happening. Mm-hmm. You have to want it. Yeah. Like, when you see, like, a Daniel Bryan and the fucking, you know, he graduates, he's in the car, drives across the country, and I'm a wrestler. Like, that's that's the dedication you need. Mm-hmm. Here, like, Mick Foley or, like, all the fucking shitty fucking things people have to do to make it in wrestling. How hard it is. You can't be, have any of these people's mindsets. No, it's not an escape. Like Everyone who turns to the camera and is like, well, actually, I'm not really, just forget it. Done. Go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
There's no two ways about it. It's not The Apprentice. You can't grow into this. I mean, it's easy to say that now. I guess back then, though, it was like the first of its kind in any form. So it really is like just putting any old people in there yeah. and seeing what happens. L literally like... all you know about wrestling is watching Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. At and this point in time, really. And in this case, most of them are only watching Livewire, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I can excuse the casting of this one. But then you look at like the casting of the most recent Tough Enough season. Yeah. Where you had like one guy, Patrick Clark, who you could actually see like, oh, he wants to be a wrestler. He will... You know, do what it takes. They're still casting any old fuckers just because it will make for better TV. Mm. Like, I wonder if we do season two, if like there'll be any noticeable like boost of your know, quality of candidate. I hope so. Daryl has to do some push-ups because he's everyone's bitch because he didn't do <laughs> Big John's fun game. Like you know. Oh, I wish that we were like that in uni, like making you do a push-up and be like, I'm Adam's bitch. I'm Adam's bitch. Yeah, everyone sat around a big table, you know, near the light, like so everyone can see. Come on, guys, if you don't do your word search and whoever doesn't do it, I get to call you a bitch. Ha ha! No, Daryl's the bitch now. Daryl's the bitch oh, now. You, how are you getting on with your puzzle over there, guys? <laughs> Having a great time. Like, Have a good time <laughs> on the night out with the lads. So Daryl haggles a few off by uh, running home. Yeah, very human. I mean, Daryl is like one of these. He's like one of those bully kids you'd see who's like he's actually the butt of the joke and he doesn't realise it. Yeah, like he's trying to bully and antagonise people and make out he's great and people are just ridiculing him, laughing at him. I feel I do feel bad for him. Yeah, at this point where he's running in front of the car and, and literally like, <laughs> <laughs> pointing and laughing at him like, oh, he's not in shape. He must be really knackered right now. <laughs> Back at tracks, Al Snow's got something going for him, guys. Hey, you know these chairs? Look a little bit like uh, tombstones. What are you doing now? Oh, I'm just whistling. Whistling past the graveyard. It's something I Another wish. Tombstone. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. That's him hammering into the tombstone for his analogy <laughs> that he loves. Yeah, I wish we'd mentioned it on the first Tough Enough set, but like he did do this in the other episodes where he's like, well, I guess this will be like a uh, symbolic gesture of. All the people that have fallen in the competition. And every uh, almost episode, like a tombstone, uh, kind of like a graveyard. He is so pleased yeah. with this. Like, he is chuffed to bits. It's like he's forgotten he's already made the yes. analogy. Explain he's got it. that list lateral thinking thing going on. <laughs> he's thinking, if I don't explain what it is, that everyone's going to be like, oh, why is he putting that chair over there? What could that mean? Like, yeah, look at it over there. You see that? What I call that? Yeah, oh, I know. You see it? Yeah. It's the graveyard, isn't yeah. it? You see, it's, it's like a tombstone. Look at the shape. Look at the shape. Look at the... You see the way it curves up at the top? Yeah. Like, like quite like a tombstone, isn't it? Yes, yes. And when do you get a tombstone? When, when you... Yeah, when you die. Yeah, so it's symbolic, isn't it? It's almost like a graveyard. <laughs> he says as well that each chair represents a person. Mm. In every episode, the chairs are different. They're on the wall. Are they really? Oh, that sucks! I paid attention. God damn it. Because, yeah, I really noticed that each person had, like, it was uh, a different pay-per-view. It's like, oh, Survivor Series 2000. But the chairs are, are swapped out. That sinks. They didn't have a... Uh, a continuity producer on the set ridiculous i still like that too in the later seasons don't they actually give everyone a title belt yeah and then you have to give it back when That's you so live. fucking silly isn't that stupid you know it's the funniest thing ever <laughs> when they had them belts mm. and there's big andy and he wins tough enough <laughs> he was saying <laughs> what he was standing in the ring 
with his little belt on. Uh, I'm the tough enough champion. And then Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out and Vince McMahon comes out. And like, they didn't tell him that they were going to hit him. And Vince slapped him. And he said with his little belt, he's like really upset. And he's like, I thought I was the champion. <laughs> and then backstage, Vince is like, I don't like this guy. <laughs> oh no! He, he got upset because he got slapped. Like, oh. And he said with his little title belt. And you know what they made him do? Like in NXT to you know, have him you know, pay your dues, man. He had to fucking do tickets and concession stands at the house shows. Oh, now oh. come on. I wonder if they made him wear the belt as well. <laughs> oh, Stone Cold come on. Kajabach! Let me hit you a few more times. Uh, fucking awful. So they go yogaing. Yeah, Tori takes everyone to the yoga. So this is back in the good old days before DDP took over yoga, where yeah. anytime there was yoga, it had to have a. <laughs> <laughs> getting our spiritual side yeah i think she, i'm pretty sure this is tori's bag now this is what she does i'm not surprised she is crazy enthusiastic while they're there like she fucking adores it clearly yeah she is i remember trying to find out what happened to tori because she she pretty much once she was gone she was gone that's it like, you know once you're raven's ninja that's it you become a uh, yogi like that's what you're doing so daryl clearly isn't doing the moves like, i was looking in the background and like the guy's like yeah and like you know, i'm i recognize what he was doing there he's pretending and he was looking around seeing if anyone was <laughs> i saw you went in the back row there daryl very interesting there oh wow that's how you bend your legs is it by keeping them unbent <laughs> ridiculous tori says that they all have warriors hearts she was like almost in tears. She was so impressed with them. Like, Kate didn't turn around to look at Daryl. Like, I think she's like, I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if she had some sort of yoga high. Like, she just on the yoga and she was like fucking euphoric from it. And that's why she loves it so. No, genuinely, that's a thing. Like, the smell of them. I've been doing yoga for four years and I've not remotely gotten anything close you to You ain't Tory, mate. I guess not. Is that what? When you're like kind of sore and glad that it's over. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a rush. Damn. <laughs> Taz, back at tracks, is running some drills in the ring. Shadrick is just fucking... Oh, he's collapsing vomits. Yeah. yeah they do horrible. some kip-ups, and then he just wanders over and just goes... Oh, and just goes everywhere. It's like a Don Vito, like, walking along, like, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sheet of vomit coming out of him. Daryl and Josh comment on Daryl's advantage, and a lot of people's advantage, because of their size. Yep. Josh is noticed to be, like, a... You can tell, I know this look, where you signed up for something that you're excited for, mm -hmm. and then you're kind of pissed off about how it's been run, and yep. you're kind of pissed off about generally the standard of person there. I've been Josh in, you know, in, in situations yeah. before. Yeah, everyone's been yeah. Josh at this yeah. point. Sat in some lecture with your arms folded going, this is fucking ridiculous, yep. man. Like, exactly. Josh's got a bit, of a, a bit of an attitude on him now, and it's, yeah. it's not a good look on you, Josh. Like, no. And saying things like, if I was six foot three, I couldn't be eliminated. You could be, actually. That's the thing. Like, he is undoubtedly one of the best ones there in terms of like working hard listening actually following the instructions but this massive chip on his shoulder is making him look like a real dick very like, elitist yeah really elitist actually yeah you know you managed to be an employee for over 10 years and still get eliminated so you know anything can happen Josh, <laughs> you know? run some more drills and some moves with daryl doing his push-ups going i'm Teresa's bitch or i'm jacqueline's bitch etc and so on and so forth the trainers all have a little bit of a meeting now to decide who's going to be eliminated and who's doing well. Maven, Chris, and Taylor all get put over as doing quite well. Although I don't like, we've seen a lot of people being bad. We've not seen a lot of people no. being praised. No, no, you're right. Very like, little of that. I've not seen Maven at all, really. Yeah, we no. saw Greg stand up. 
<laughs> yeah. in the it. grappling we yeah. should say <laughs> they bury Shadrick and Paulina in as nice a way as possible mm-hmm. like they say Paulina's like kind of unathletic and clumsy is the words that they're using and Daryl Tori's like she's got something nice to say about everyone she's such a fucking sweetheart yeah. she's asked about Daryl and he goes he has some heart in some ways <laughs> some heart in some ways that's a nice thing to say about him <laughs> to show you you have no heart. <laughs> Taz pulls no punches over he just goes, I fucking hate him. Yeah. I fucking hate him. He's lazy, he's shit, he's dangerous. <laughs> like, yeah. Speaking of Daryl, he trains some more push-ups to run through a grocery store topless. Yeah. He's and like then throws something on, on the floor in front of a, a cashier like he is doing in American football. Hey, Daryl, we've pissed and shit in this cup. Drink it, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Daryl, we killed your parents. Eat them, man. <laughs> Oh, all right, gang. It's elimination time. Who's going to be going to I Tombstone wonder. City? I wonder. It really is. It's, this is a shame because, like, guys, as you all know, we wish we could eliminate at least three of you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is hard. Like, there was one time I remember on MasterChef where it was a similar situation where it was like, there's three people who are so bad and we can only eliminate one person. Yeah. Like, it really, like, they came out and it was like, for the first time ever in MasterChef, three people will be eliminated and we're getting rid of one of the core finals because you're just too bad to keep being wow. in this competition. You won't be good enough for the next round. And I feel that Greg Wallace and John Trode should have come in and tapped Shadrick and Polly on the shoulder Aww. and go, lads, come on, let's just, let's just get out of here. Yeah, we'll eat some tagines. The red tag will be put in your locker if you are eliminated. This is this is super fucking silly. Right, yeah. I, I always was going to ask, like, what are some of your favorite methods to eliminate someone oh, in the history of? I mean, sometime Adam, you and I, and some other people may sit down and do some podcasting about reality TV. But until this day, we're big fans of reality. All three of us, trashy reality. How yeah. how do you eliminate people in style? My, this is brilliant because me and Alice were literally talking about this because we were on about how bad the red tag thing is, and I don't like the show. Can't stand it. Yeah. But the way Ant and Deck eliminate people from I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here is the most obnoxious and annoying. It takes like 15 minutes. you got 12 celebrities sat there and they go through each of them like, Derek, it will not be you. Angela, it might be you. Oh, and they go down the whole sake. list until there's two mites. And then you have the split screen of the two people and it's like, and the person who will be going home. We'll be after the break. Oh! <laughs> it's so obnoxious. <laughs> Billy, any any others? Uh, I think they should do the strictly route where, we, where again, they get the the two mites. Mm. Then you make them fight. Yes. And then you, you make them fight, and then a you shoot know, fight. A like, shoot fight. And yeah. Like, only place Thunderdome, motherfuckers. Like <laughs> the Bachelor and the Rose being given. I think that's a yeah. There's a similar thing one. on Drag Race as well. Yeah. Like. So I think the red tight. It's it's very non-confrontational. That, yeah, that's yeah. what it feels like. Well, like you open up, it's there, and you turn around the security's area with your shit in a box. It's like, come on, man, let's go. Al Snow's <laughs> behind a door now. <laughs> Get him out of here. <laughs> I told you to do it the way I wanted. <laughs> what about a little headshot of Taz flipping them the bird? Like? <laughs> Get the fuck out. Or what if Taz is in the locker? I'm going to choke you out. <laughs> you have to open your locker and turn around. <laughs> but the counter has your mate. So, who could it be? Daryl. It's yeah. obviously Daryl. Obviously. <laughs> when it cuts home, he says, 
I don't know what happened here, guys. I, <laughs> I, was, doing, I was doing so well. Oh, my God. What happened? Not since Jesus Christ has been betrayed by his disciples. There have been so many people turning their heads and not looking someone in the eyes. <laughs> and just, like, kind of tapping him, but also pushing him gently out the door. Like, <laughs> I don't know you. But Chris! Chris, we argued! Chris, I refuse to give you money! So, yeah. No one has... Any sympathy for Daryl? Of course not. The best is Maven. It looks like he's about to burst out laughing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Daryl's confused and he's the only one who's confused. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what's going to happen. He's like, I don't know. I got like a blank canvas, man. I, I got no plans. All right, we'll get you the car then. Yeah. Off we go. Delusional. I'll uh, go see old Tombstone. <laughs> I guess we'll be putting this chair with all the other ones in this symbolic graveyard <laughs> this graveyard here where all the tombstones of all the people who in a way in a way they've died um it's that they've been buried and these tombstones a reminder of the symbolic nature everyone else has left staring his wife and kid like al please come home like, shh i want to look at it some more I, really like <laughs> I just i love this analogy like i like and then like al's father dies and they're at like the funeral and it's like al please just get your head on straight and he's like but it's quite like yes i know it's like the eliminations <laughs> but we're burying your father al we're burying him today get serious <laughs> did you catch the sign off line from daryl no bad people last man bad times don't <laughs> Like, there's a way of saying that, like, you know, Razor Ramon, hard times, yeah. you know, bad times don't last, but bad guys do. As owning being a bad guy is a good thing. Bad people, though. Yeah. There's a difference between being a, I'm a bad guy, or I'm a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a huge difference. The bad like, person isn't a cool moniker, yeah. like, you know. <laughs> you know. It's all in the eyebrows. <laughs> Score one for the bad people. Oh, guys, maybe this NWO thing's just not cool. Like, people don't like spray paint in their eyes, I guess. I'm sorry, everyone. We were out of order. <laughs> Episode six, A Walk on the Wild Side. Maybe even more wild? The wild man, Mark Barrow, everyone. What the fuck, Kevin? <laughs> Don't you remember how it came on? Mark Barrow, his debut on WFTV? It's like, wow, what a wild match. Maybe even more wild? The wild man. And as he says it, Mark Barrow like, goes Bleh! to the camera. The wild man, Mark Barrow. I, I wish the listeners could have seen that. That was like an in real life jump scare, the way you turned at me just then. That was horrible. <laughs> what I hate about that is when you accidentally botch, you say Mark Marrow, I go, oh, like bone marrow, like yummy. <laughs> I was supposed to, oh, marrow, like isn't awful. <laughs> this episode was recapped in SummerSlam, I believe. Really? Yeah, when they had the bit where they go to the uh, saucy night out. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so this is when they're obviously episode six. The ratings and the interest had dipped a bit at this point. Yeah. They were still pushing it quite heavily on TV. Um, have you seen a lot of the clips of them recapping a bit of tough enough and whatnot yeah, on they, the shows at the moment they make sure to put it over and to try and encourage people to go and watch it still like they're not giving up on it, it. please <laughs> i was wondering if they're gonna have like you know we're gonna have cameras in the locker room this time like you know to get more people to watch in a desperate bid for ratings i want to get vince to the point where he's like does the, you know remember the stand-up for wwe where he's like i would like to ask each and every one of you 
to please watch my show because I need the ratings more. <laughs> <laughs> just be straight up about it, like Vince in front of a plain white background. It's amazing, there is that. Well, you just want me to do my old Vince voice, don't you? That's kind that's, of what I was hoping that's for. That's basically... Like. Now, I've I've done Vince McMahon for Haiti Wrestling recently, which involved like watching hundreds of hours of Vince McMahon. And you know that there's the, the younger, quite frankly, Vince McMahon, who sounds like this. And gentlemen, as you know, tonight... Here on Raw is War. Tennis, anyone? I don't think so. And then there's the I want a divorce. There's the evil Vince, like, I hate so cold. Mm. That type of one. But then when the years have gone on, right, where Vince is kind of, he's off camera, he's faded to the black a little bit, you know, get a little bit older. Like, well, there's, <clears throat> quite frankly, Roman Reigns as a competitor. Brock Lesnar has certain privileges that are, quite frankly, uh, afforded onto him. But I'm not here to talk tonight about Brock Lesnar, the competitor. Talk about Roman Reigns, the competitor, quite frankly. And there's always tears in his eyes, isn't yeah, it? Always. always. It's like he's becoming Chris Benoit. <laughs> oh no! Like, no! That's no. what his voice sounds like. Cried the crippler no more. She turns a little bit dark there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Meanwhile, at tracks, could have been anyone who got cut, they says. Fuck that. For fuck's sake. And Shadrick. The fucking all eyes are on you because you start this off and he can't bump flat. He no. can bump, but he he like cannonballs off. I and mean, like turns to his side and just lands side on in his arms. Like that like, Ric Flair does yeah, that. exactly. Do Ric know, Flair was in a plane yeah. crash though. Like. Ric Flair, like he was in a plane accident in the 70s and as a result, he would kind of had a preference for bumping on one side. He always kind of veers to the left mm. a little bit. But Shadrick is just looks like he's a gonna hurt himself yeah. real bad and particularly if he was in a smaller ring the way he's flipping his legs over as well like he can be fucked on the indies if he's out there they start practicing single leg crabs yeah finally a move yeah a little bit of a lesson from taz he's telling you about how when you're on top you've got leverage you're in control you can move people around and i assume this is one of the first moves you get taught in wrestling mm. it's a single leg crab i assume like day six or whatever week six like episode six and that's probably why lance storm was like ah this is an acceptable maneuver I will use this for my entire wrestling career. <laughs> Not too flashy, nothing wrong with it. I inflict damage upon my opponent who I'm looking to beat. <laughs> Easy. I'm trying to make you fucking smile, baby. <laughs> that was for you. I love Lance Storm. Looking like, oh, they're talking about Lance. I better not pay attention to this bit. Like, this doesn't concern me. <laughs> now Lance is going to hear that. So I'll be, oh, I'll be no. fucking, he's going to quote tweet me. Oh, God. <laughs> so... They're going out for a night on the town. Yeah. And it's 2001. And Krista Wincy just goes, well, they're taking us out to a, um, a transvestite bar. Mm. And I was like, uh-oh, this is bad news, player. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really worried about what we're going to see here. Also, this episode is 20 minutes and all the others are 27 minutes. What the fuck was cut from this? Mm. Like, yeah. let's yeah. have a laugh at everyone in drag. Now, this was interesting, Adam, because straight away... I knew we were in your wheelhouse. Not to say that you you're a drag artist or anything mm. like that, but you are a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes, and you've told me before in passing of the similarities between drag and wrestling. Mm -hmm. The floor is yours. Okay. Well, very basic overview. In the world of drag, there is a lot of like independent scenes that are very territorial and can be recognized by their style so you can quite easily tell like a new york queen from like a chicago queen like tropes that go along with all of those 
Drag Race itself is like the WWE of drag. Like, it genuinely is the big time. Everyone that's working the circuits in America is pretty much hoping they're going to get on Drag Race and have their career explode as a result of that. Do people get pissed off when they go on Drag Race? Oh, they sold out. Like, they should be doing drag and PWG. Like, <laughs> you know? And similarly, RuPaul is like the sort of problematic leader like Vince McMahon, where it's like... I'm sure that in real life you're a terrible person with awful opinions, but you create a very compelling product that I can't stop watching. Like. <laughs> Damn you, RuPaul! And also similarly, in the world of drag, like if you want to get to drag race and be on that level of performing, you need to be good <clears throat> at makeup artistry, you yeah. need to be good at hairstyling. Kind of making costumes and shit yeah, as well. Yeah, you need to be a good seamstress, you need to be good at performing, you need to be funny, you need to be able to dance, you need to be able to create choreography of your own. Like, there's all these talents. And the most important thing, just like in wrestling, is you've got to have that that undefinable it factor. That's, sorry, that's my RuPaul impression there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to talk about Ivy Winters, the uh, performer. I'm actually talking about Ivy Winters, the uh, competitor here tonight. <laughs> so... I have got some preconceived notions or random questions about assumptions people will make about drag. Mm -hmm. I assume Christopher Nowinski calling it a transvestite restaurant is wrong. If someone is a drag queen or a drag artist, they're not necessarily trans? No, they're not necessarily trans. Are they necessarily gay? Not necessarily, I mean... Are they necessarily a male or a man? Mostly. I mean, it is grounded pretty much entirely in gay culture so you know it's mostly queer people on there and in terms of the drag community there is a lot of trans people practicing drag but obviously famously rupaul is very iffy shall we say <laughs> the look in your eyes I, not in my it's, house is it? it's very recent and i'm still very upset with rupaul yeah, yeah. i'm very bitter but yeah there is trans drag artists out there but they're definitely not necessarily transvestites. That's cross-dressing. That is like a lifestyle of, I prefer wearing clothes outside of my gender. And so it being a drag queen or drag artist, is that more about like perf- like a character and like a performance? Yes. So it's not yeah. as if I like to dress up in, in these clothes. It If you're a drag queen or a drag artist, it means it's to put on a show. Yes, you are performing. And oftentimes... And that's the difference between drag and cross-dressing then, really? Or? Yes, and oftentimes like with wrestling, your drag persona will be like your persona turned up to the max but still different from you like and in wrestling are there people who kind of become their drag persona and it kind of ruins their life a little bit like there is actually ah. like there is situations of like the lines being blurred of like there's been a few times on drag race where they've had to call out a queen and be like stop acting like that that's not actually you you're being like your character in everyday life and it's oh, fucking man. me off like is there like a mick foley type like three faces of drag queen type of thing no that'd be great shit no one steal my gimmick <laughs> no one in the drag community if you're listening and i know you are that is i reserve the right i think divine was kind of like that if you if you've watched any like john uh, waters movies i'm not no there's there's a famous drag queen in it called divine Divine, who's in a lot of his uh pink flamingos i see god documentary about divine you know the 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 latter half of a (laughs) attitude era podcast talking about tough enough is not where i expected (laughs) to get a part in history of drag but they're not just going to a transvestite restaurant which i assume is not even a thing maybe in specific (laughs) areas some communities possibly i found this very twin peaks though (laughs) because it was like very red and surreal Yeah. yeah it was like the 
the Black Lodge version of One-Eyed Jacks. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, I get that. I mean, for me, it just seemed like it was lap dances and Chinese food, which seems like a great Saturday night. Like, yeah, you know? yeah. I'm up for that. You know, better that than go with Big John Gaborik, like who's probably at the fucking weather spoons with all his puzzles. Oh, more for me, guys. <laughs> like, like David Brent taking his colleagues out to the pub. Like, uh... what's the uh, what's the uh, the brewery in Swinton? So. Is it an IPA they probably have? I think it's an IPA, isn't it? They have a bit of courage, can't you? So Greg is mortified at the start. And I thought everyone would be like, oh man, bleh. but everyone is a little bit mortified at the start. And then everyone starts being asked to strip. And all the men are like, yeah, all right, cool, let's, let's strip. And they'll take off their clothes and they have a good time. Yeah, pretty open-minded. And Maven, very open-minded. Yeah, very. I, I am fucking chuffed with him, the way he, like, took this on. Like. That's like, so Maven basically, they, they come out and they, the performers are like, yo, there's someone we want to have come out and do a big number with us. They're going to get a full drag makeover. And, and Maven's like, well, I like drag. I like... I like the whole thing. I like, I like the performing. I like the singing, and all the wacky costumes. I think you guys are great. So, folks, I'm gonna go dress up in drag, and that's what he does. He does, and he has he has a fucking blast. He comes yeah. out and he's grinning. He's dancing. He's got like no preconceptions whatsoever. Like he's absolutely open to it. I thought this was probably one of WWE's better um, moments of. People going out to a bar and you would assume that it's just going to be a load of jokes about, oh, yeah. you were the drag queen, you know, bring it up, bring it on Went much better than expected, but, but I, don't, I don't want to be cynical, but you have saying about how this episode is seven <laughs> minutes shorter does raise a couple of questions. Well, they didn't go to Raw this week, so they couldn't pad out the extra yeah, seven yeah, minutes. Like, so. Oh yeah, and Christian Chris at the end is like, hey man, I want his number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're Maven dressing up in drag, you want to back up there. <laughs> <laughs> Maven's just there like he's... Holding like, his head in a wig like... <laughs> Must kill Maven. <laughs> no, I'm just doing drag up! <laughs> Why don't you go turn on the hot tub, Maven? I'll like, meet you out there in a moment, man. <laughs> That's so scary. <laughs> go and turn on the hot tub. You want to back up, man, to that hot tub. I'm going to kill you, man. <laughs> back in tracks... Tori is chatting with Shadrick and I feel Tori, I don't even know if Tori's a good trainer at this point because mm. like Shadrick is hurting her. Yeah. And Shadrick is doing the thing I think which a lot of people is they start bumping before the move is finished. Yeah. So you're kind of like you're using the person as an anchor point. It's like, oh, I'm going to run off of you so I'm going to bump into you kind of yeah. like and you're actually not meant to be doing that. She's like, Shadrick, can you please stop running into my shoulder because you're really hurting me and I've asked you already to stop doing that but you're really hurting me and you have to stop. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay. And he hurts her again. He yeah. just... And now it's like, I think the only thing scarier than if someone injured themselves on this, if you imagine it came out like some fucking rookie you know, broke fucking uh, uh, someone's neck or yeah. you know, hurt Jackie or Taz or yeah. any like, that's going to reflect even worse. Absolutely. I, the one thing about Tough Enough that's really, less an, that's really left an impression is I want to know more about Tori. Like, between yeah. her being like way enthusiastic about the yoga and then dealing with Shadrick here but still being very quiet and being like Shadrick I, I've told you several times now like she just seems very interesting like not in her face like yeah not someone you'd expect to see in a wrestling locker room at all uh, yeah I think she did a shoot a couple of years ago but she's never she's just one of those names that just kind of retired and Never came. She's not in the Never. Hall of Fame, I don't think. No. Wasn't in the Women's Royal Rumble this year. Like, I think of anyone who's a bigger part of the show during the Attitude Era who left and never came. Like, once 2001 was done and her contract was up, it was like, that's it. Buy wrestling onto other things. Same with Terry Runnels, is it? 
Terry's always been around wrestling a bit. You Not know. WWE though, right? Not WWE, but like Terry still would do the circuits. Terry's had a podcast. Right. Terry would do autograph signs. Terry was okay. you know, still out there, you know, as a personality and whatnot. But yeah, not so much with Tori. Yeah. Tori don't think we've had because like, Terry, you know, she her daughter Dakota she had with with Goldust, and they're all kind of they they're all a part of each other's lives still. So I think oh. Terry kind of has friends in WWE still, yeah. but I don't think Tori just was gone. That was it. Yeah. All kind of stuff left over. On the phone to his mum, Maven explains Drag Race. Yeah. Delighted with himself, and his mum's delighted too. Yeah, mum goes, "Oh, so you dressed up as a something beginning with D." Redacted. What mm. the fuck could that have been? I think, yeah, Dyke. You think yeah. it was Dyke? Because uh, she says, "Oh, that's not even what they're called." I used the wrong word there, so I uh, she's she said the wrong slur. Yes, yeah, <laughs> said it a few it. more times. Yeah, but that's what I think it was. Definitely that. Big John arrives, and he's got some SmackDown and Raw tapes. Yay! We're gonna watch wrestling. I thought that was like something that they should definitely be doing absolutely I wish they were doing it with Pat Patterson yeah. or anyone but fucking Big John Gaborik even, <laughs> no. even Al yeah even Al anyone. just sitting down fucking doing it tracks in fairness though Billy fucking 9 to 5 Al so I think the last thing he wants to do is watch wrestling with these fuckers now. Yeah. <laughs> also, all right, you can get Taz to pull in like the AV club in high school like, <laughs> <laughs> trying to watch it and Shadrick and Paulina keep landing on their necks somehow watching wrestling <laughs> like hey guys pass the popcorn <laughs> <laughs> Josh refuses to watch with them. Yeah, it gets really funny about it. You don't watch with casuals. Literally like that. that Get good noobs. That attitude is really, really getting a bit... But whatever, like, I mean, whatever your attitude to them, Big John, I'd like to watch it with anyone but him, but at least he's involved in production. He would be able to tell you things that will help you in WWE specifically mm-hmm. and TV stuff which is the hardest thing about WWE like you can learn you can learn to wrestle in so many places you can only really learn how to do WWE's production and learn how to play to their cameras and their setup in WWE and yeah. that's why NXT is so important for anyone who's coming in no matter how much they're experienced and Josh is so fucking I don't know have you ever been like this about like anything where it's like oh I can't watch with casuals man um, I mean, no. To, to be fair, I do get a bit funny, like with some things. Like sometimes, if I want, if it's a TV show, like I'm really into, like say the new episode of Twin Peaks has come out this week, and we're hanging out as a big group, and, and everyone's sort of, chatting. Like, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want to, because you know, just everyone chatting to each other is probably yeah. not gonna, you know, you're not gonna be able to focus on it properly. Mm. But the way Josh says it, like it's less about like, oh yeah, but we're not focusing on it. It's more like everything you're saying is wrong, and you do my head in when you say it. So I don't want to be in your company right now. And that's just like really obnoxious. It is like it's here's a people skill you could learn that will help you a lot in WWE, which is biting your fucking tongue. Yes, because it's as if you not telling everyone that is going to be the fucking end of the world. If they're idiots and they're wrong, they'll be exposed to such down the line. Yep. Yeah. You know. You're yes, Josh. You watch lots more wrestling than them. Good job. Like, oh god, yeah. We find out about Maven's mom as well. Yeah. Bone marrow cancer got diagnosed right before the show started. You know what? Say whatever you want about Maven, but the dude's clearly very strong. Yeah. Like, he has yeah. been consistently the happiest, the the most positive. Because even Nowinski's gotten pissed off at people, yeah. like, and Josh as well. Like, even though I'd say they're in a similar, like, skill level or ability level, possibly, or potential, Maven is just like, he's coming across head and shoulders as everyone else because he's the only one there 
who's a grown up. Yeah. yeah. Unfazed. <laughs> you know? like. like he's the only one who probably washes up after himself. Yeah. Or like, you know, doesn't expect his dinner to be made or like mm. washes his fucking clothes and shit. Like. Yeah. You really can see the comparison to The Rock. Yeah. You oh yeah. Really can. The charisma. Carries himself like a fucking, like he's a star. Yeah. You know, even when he's got a lot of shit going on, you know, and of course, you know, Taylor's got way more hey, crazy shit going on. She doesn't know if she wants to go to college or not. <laughs> Second cut's coming. And it has to be Pauline or Shadrick. Gotta be. Or bring back Daryl and eliminate him twice because <laughs> he deserves it again. Like, imagine that. It's like we're bringing him back. That, funnily and enough, then go back to the locker and just—it's him again. By co- coincidentally, that has happened on at least three occasions in Drag Race, oh, where yeah. someone gets eliminated. Oh, and and it's like mortifying. We brought him back, and then they go straight away again. Oh, so cringe back with like a new haircut or something like <laughs> hey guys I've washed my trousers and I've got a new attitude get out <laughs> cover him in red dump a bucket of red tags on him like you know if he comes back does he have to come out from underneath the floorboards in front of his tombstone like a zombie like, <laughs> <laughs> my god my symbolic analogy has come to life arm drag practice that is scary shit I, that's the one move hip toss scoop slam you're at least nearly on your back them arm drags when they're like ho- like accidentally holding on too long yes. yeah. or throwing your arm too much you're giving your joint to them mm-hmm. and yeah. that's like I don't know out, out of nowhere Chris becomes the like drizzling shit yeah, yeah he's out suddenly the worst yeah like literally he was, I mean it wasn't like he was amazing he before. wasn't on top he was like a, a, a steady sort of average mm. yeah. yeah just completely falls apart here yeah, Al has to give him like the serious teacher voice, like take him to one side, and again the whole sort of "I will remove you from my class if this carries on." Like, and then they pair him off with Shadrick, and Chris, <laughs> that's a fucking great idea. Chris can't take the move, and Shadrick can't do the move. It's a like, good way to learn. It's just two blokes running each into each other, giving each other concussions. Looking at this from the teaching point of view, I got to really, uh, you know, question his group workings here, like of who he's paired up. You think it's a good idea to put the two like underachievers together, mate? Beavis and Butthead never fucking raise each other's <laughs> game up at all, right? Like that's I get the point. He's like, see, now you both know how bad it is to give and receive the move from each other. Is but that, that going to make them better at it? Then is it? Is it there in hospital with broken arms? You see, yeah. yeah. All right, you made your point. Now onto the analogy of the tombstone, as I was <laughs> to earlier. Shadrick, he's crying. Can't yeah. do it. Jackie really takes this to heart and if you know it's with Shadrick everyone's fucking talking a big game everyone's fucking talking up you know everyone was was peacocking basically to use a word that they were using everyone's putting on a bit of a front and Shadrick is giving me vibes of Jason of just like the sweet innocent kid who's just like he wants it but he he doesn't know what he's got himself into yeah mm. and I think he's like he just wants to do it better and he know he can't and he's just he's really worried about letting people down and he hasn't got a mean moan in his body. I think he's so fucking innocent and sweet. I think Jackie just really feels like she instantly sees what's up. Like. Yeah, she's totally trying to take him under her wing and like look out for him and make sure that he is going to last a bit longer. Mm, I think it's too little too late really at this point. It's like, really sad. He needed to have this from like the get-go, I think. Mm. I think they should have done some minimal one-on-one stuff. Yes, yeah. something. Run, like... some, run, because you know, if you're someone like a Regal or, or, or a Daniel Bryan or whoever... You can walk through spots with people slowly. Mm-hmm. And they should have done that one-on-one just to make sure they can do the basic stuff. Yeah. Like, or at least they can take direction and stuff. Oh, and uh, Al brightens up Shadrick's day after he gets a pep talk from Jackie by informing him that the pressure is only going to get worse. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Another one of those patented chats. Trainers meet to decide who is going home, who's doing well, who's not. They point out that Josh is in a mood and he's aloof and yeah. his attitude stinks at the moment, basically. Christian Chris gets labelled as being tragic. <laughs> hey, man, you let me tragic. You want to back up, man. <laughs> Shad- he is tragic, really, isn't he? Yeah. Like, you know, I look at him and I think that's fucking tragic. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Shadrick is afraid of failing and Jackie's like burst into tears oh, again. Man. Oh god. It really got to me this. Yeah. Like it was really fucking sad. Because Jackie's always come across as as like this badass no shit, strong like, woman. Yeah. Like and just seeing like Jacqueline just crying just because she's being so empathetic for yeah. somebody. Yeah, yeah. It's like nothing directly about her. Mm. And like it's just it's it's really weird seeing Jackie in that sort of emotional state. Mm. And yeah, she's trying to put over Shadrick and help him out. And I think when she they, knows, though, she like, knows. I think when Al says maybe you can get something out of him, slim chance though. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. Tag time. If you truly want this, being cut won't stop you. That's great advice. Yeah, that's encouraging. And I think unfortunately, I've only looked at some of the people since. I'm saving it for our final episode of the Tough Enough miniseries here. But I don't think a lot of people follow that advice. Yeah. It's kind I, of I can't get in the easy way. I'm not doing it the hard way. Yeah, if you're put off by given by being given the easy route and you still think it's miserable, you're probably not gonna go to the Indies and endure even worse tragedies than that. Like yeah, and surprise, surprise, it's Shadrick, who honestly, I think the fact that there are fewer women, like they started off with fewer women. Yeah, and there's only like three women left. So if they got rid of Paulina, who is still probably she's as bad if not she probably is worse than Shadrick, I think. Yeah, because these Shadrick can take the bumps. So yeah, it kind of feels like it was a numbers game, and because two of the women had quit, that's why Shadrick ended up. Yeah, pretty dead. much. Yeah, yeah. It's really sad, like to see him go because yeah. Nidia gives him a hug and a little kiss on the cheek, and you can see she's like actually fighting back tears. And then Jackie squeezes him so tight and breaks big, down. Big like, sweeping. It's so fucking sad. It's oh. actually, you know what? Like we've had our laughs at like fucking tough enough, but genuinely, in terms of like pure emotion and like capturing the stress and the difficulty, I didn't actually expect when we were going into this that we'd be have like moments like this that were really touching and really yeah. like fucking. This is hard. This fucking life, mm-hmm. and even the supposed this is the easy route. Mm. This is the easy ticket easy street everyone's looking at these kids going oh you fucking got it easy like mm. it has its own difficulties that are unique to us yeah completely separate stigmas attached to it like and I think everyone is so up against it and I don't think even the trainers know it no <laughs> you know well again yeah it's, the, it's their first time doing anything like this everyone's kind of just trying to keep up like I didn't remember tough enough getting this dark and grim and like really fucking mm. like I have a feeling looking forward it's only going to get worse, surely, because yeah, there's, there's more injuries coming. Yeah. Yep. And Shadrick had like a bust up arm, you saw as well. He was he was sprained, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, these three episodes are tough enough. Where did they rank up compared to the first three? Are you still interested in it? Are you still enjoying it as a show? Is it a good watch? It's an interesting watch. Like I, it's not always enjoyable, but it is interesting to see, just from the viewpoint of like this is the first time WWF decided to have a go at some sort of reality, become a wrestler kind of yeah. adventure. And they're kind of, it's going wrong almost. Like, And it's weird it's going wrong. And they also seem to be like, the, with the Patterson thing and with with Stephanie as well, it really feels like they're not trying now. It's kind no. of like, oh, like, oh, fuck, someone has to go and do Tough Enough. Uh, Patterson, you go, okay. Yeah. I don't think they had enough ideas planned out before they started shooting it. No. Yeah, these episodes were definitely weaker, I think. I think once it gets down to who's actually going to win it, and it's kind of, it, the, you know, the, the people who are obvious 
Lee not going to win. Once yeah. they're gone, I think it's going to be an interesting show. Mm. Yeah. What did you think of it, Billy? Um, it's very watchable. Mm. I, I I can't say I'm in love with the show, but I certainly can't say that I hate the show either. It's like a, it's like a, a little mini ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I it's 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 okay. I think I preferred the first three episodes to these three. Mm. Um, purely because it took that sort of emotional sort of dark turn. Yeah, and yeah. we had the wackiness of the first two episodes a yeah. bit. And yeah, you know, I think that kind of made us think the show was gonna be something it wasn't which is the same with any of these kinds of shows like yep. look at like stuff shows like the x factor mm. week one all the fun the, and games yeah, all the, like... the weird people coming on it's yeah. just like oh this is so weird and wonderful yeah yeah and then you get all right so here's the people who've actually got through and it's like oh where's 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 the evil custodian yeah <laughs> <laughs> where's he mate is it kind of funny like if you thought that they got some of those real oddballs how it would have actually panned out like, like complete this, wild yeah. cards like yeah, yeah. Like, would the evil custodian be fucking on the phone to his mom crying? Like, mm. that, uh, you know, that really quirky Australian lady, like, who really yeah. wanted it. How would she have handled the stress of... Because, I mean, I think we maybe wrongly assumed a lot of the people who were passionate that could do it. Mm. And I think it's proven quite early that, you know, Shadrick was definitely passionate, as was was Daryl. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. his place maybe in some cases. They but... picked the rock, some of the wrong people. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I wish they think they're kicking themselves. Think we should maybe do a do over here. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mulligan. What did you think of this episode of Tough Enough? Let us know. And as always, if you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on Stitcher Radio, leave us a comment, a review. Let us know how you got on with Tough Enough and what you're looking forward to seeing in some of the upcoming episodes. As I said, we will be doing three episodes in installments until we reach the end of season three of Invasion, this storyline. And if you want to, you can give us a follow on Twitter at AE Podcast or head over to Facebook. Give us a like at facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. While you're on our Facebook page, we have got a metric fuck ton of video content on there. That's a legitimate unit of measurement. It is. And we've got classic moments from all of our old episodes and new episodes. If you have any ideas for micro videos, send me a message on Twitter at Biblops. And I'm also looking to hear from our patrons to find out if you've got any ideas for other video content. Me and Kevin have started doing some Let's Plays for our Patreon backers, looking at some really obscure wrestling games. I want to say, I'm going to not use the word Let's Play, because the Let's Play makes people think that it's like three hours long. And shit, this is a tight 30, and fucking Adam, you did I such a good shit. job. Yeah, it's like it's it's like it's good, so it's can't be like, it's like, can't be like a let's play. <laughs> and also, we've got a fuck ton of WWF magazines as well now. So if you've got any ideas for content you'd like to see involving the magazine, please let us know. If you want to support the Attitude Era podcast, you can become a backer, as Adam mentioned, on Patreon.com forward slash AE Podcast. Over thirty episodes of the SmackDown Crawl in depth as we review every episode of SmackDown book report series you want to taste check out the Kane episode released on our timeline here and as well the aforementioned video episodes Q&A's with Adam Billy and Kevin as well as that you can get access to all of our commentary tracks a variety of rewards to suit a variety of tastes and needs one thing's for sure you become a backer you get a lot of content at patreon.com forward slash AE podcast and if you're a fine purveyor of stuff and things head on over to matthewsbotchermedia.com stuff and things the gentleman's. Genuinely, the gentleman's relish. The gentleman's relish, and I just was like, why? <laughs> it's fine. Stuff and things. Gentleman's relish. <laughs>
Until next time, we're going to be looking at No Mercy 2001. It's a goodbye from me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Billy. And we'll catch you next time on the Attitude Era podcast. <laughs> <laughs>